Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ridiculous Reddit Stories, read by a human. We're still workshopping the name, believe it or not. Today we're going to be looking at five stories about mothers-in-laws, mother-in-laws, mothers-in-law, mothers-in-law, or maybe it's mother-in-laws. I'm not sure which to plural, the mother or the law. Either way, M-I-L's from hell. That kind of rhymes. <laughs> okay, we're going to be looking at five stories about crazy mother-in-laws, mothers-in-law. I can't get, dude, I can't get that out of, out of my brain. And in fact, I'm going to look it up. Is it mother-in-laws or mothers-in-law? The plural of mother-in-law is mothers-in-law. I was right the first time. Okay, and the possessive form is mother-in-laws. Okay, very interesting. So now I know it is mother's-in-law. Okay, let's get started before I digress too much. This is posted by Mermaid Mantra one on r slash mother-in-laws from hell. The title is Overbearing slash Interfering Mother-in-Law. Where to begin? Just looking for some advice, really. Is it me? Could I be too touchy? Or is it exactly how I think it is? My partner and I have been dating now for a little short of four years. I'm smitten. I absolutely dote on him, and he do I. There aren't any major red flags in our relationship. The usual arguments, the usual petty comments, nothing that isn't in any ordinary relationship. From the day I met his mother, she was nice, seemed like a good listener, voiced her opinions on things which seemed quite matched in what I felt about certain things in life. She was polite, had good welcoming skills from the very first day. As time progressed, weeks and months flew by, and the little things, as they did start little, then grew into rather large things that started to concern me. The little things started off as, such as, do you want me to wash your clothes while you're here? Being 26 and always being independent from a young age, I thought it was just her being polite. To, what time do you have work tomorrow? Just very innocent little comments. This wouldn't cause any flags for anybody, as they were usually everyday talk. As years flew by, those little questions have seemed to become more larger, dominating questions. She seems to be in love with her own son. She continuously phoned us if we were at any engagement or out running errands. Her son still lives with her, but he will say of tomorrow me and Shay, which is the OP, are going to location, so she already knows what our plans are, although they don't concern her. She will then proceed to phone him 30 minutes into us being out, asking where we are and then when we're coming back. She washes his clothes and his bedding, although she has been told several times that we are adults and that we can do this with no issues. She will then complain that she doesn't stop. But we ask her not to do these things as I find it quite privacy limiting. She will eat, drink, and use anything I buy, although I buy what her whatever she needs. She has to use my items too, so when I come use them, they are gone. I lost a lipstick a while back. A few months later, she had it on her side drawer and had been using it. When questioned, she stated she didn't realize I still wanted it. 
She knew I had been looking for it. I had a conversation with my partner, who protests his mother's innocence, says she doesn't mean it, that I'm looking too deeply into it, and that I'm causing issues that aren't there. I have let it slide for months, and it keeps on getting worse. This isn't even half of it. She will tell us what to eat, deliberately make us cancel plans to get back to feed the cat, although it's her cat. When we are with my old gran, she will deliberately phone, blow up our phones to keep us on the phone talking while we are supposed to be visiting my side of the family. It seems to me that she has a fear of missing out. We only see each other on set days, and she knows this. She will wait until the day she knows we are seeing each other to ask for jobs to be done. When my partner says, hey, I'm seeing OP, why didn't you ask me yesterday? She will shrug her shoulders and say, I don't know, I just remembered. She walks into the bedroom without knocking. The one time I was fresh out of the steamer and she opened the door. I scrambled to get my clothes on and she stood with the door wide open talking nonsense. I asked if she could shut the door and she ignored me entirely. Coming up to five years, I want to move out. Whenever myself or my partner mentions this in front of her, she seems to play the money card and ask if we could ever even afford it. She's even said for me to move in, which I know is just to corrupt the situation and to stop us to look for a place of our own. I find myself avoiding her when present. I find myself wanting to not go to the house as I would rather not be around it. I don't think this post explains the sheer importance of how it has been, but imagine your lives being dictated through another in everything you do. She lies, manipulates, and tells tales. I've heard her on the cell talking very rudely about her niece's partner, saying how lazy he is, although he works full-time. She has to say her opinion on everyone's relationship, but she's single. How can I find some balances? set some boundaries without being rude. I love my partner, but I'm struggling with the obsessive nature of his mother. She stirs trouble between either side of the family, too, although she isn't involved with the other side. I'm honestly scared to have his children in case this gets worse. Wow, that is scary, scary stuff. I've got a couple comments here that I want to read that I personally agree with. Why This is from Shoutout1234. Why do you and your partner need permission from his mother to move out? She treats her son like a little boy. He is her little boy, and she doesn't ever want him to leave her. She sabotages everything so that he will stay and she will remain the number one person in his life. However, she is not the problem. Your significant other is. He has no desire or motivation to leave. He is comfortable where he is listening to his mother. He makes every excuse for her. He is weak. By your age, he should be motivated to get out of his mother's house so that he can be with you alone, making your own rules, etc. But he isn't. He is waiting for his mother to tell him it is okay to move out. Newsflash, she will never agree with him moving out. Seriously, do you want to spend every second of your life playing second fiddle to his mother? He has no desire to be on his own with you. You deserve better. You deserve a man who acts like the adult that he is, who doesn't tell his mother everything, who doesn't live with his mother, who doesn't answer his mother's calls when he is on a date with you, and who doesn't make excuses for his mother's bad behavior towards you. 
She does not want you around. You are a threat to her status as number one in her son's life. There is no way to establish boundaries with your boyfriend is still living with his mother. It's her house and her rules. Your boyfriend doesn't get that his mother is purposefully trying to sabotage their relationship. You deserve better. Please stop wasting your life on a mama's boy who is never going to leave his mama. This other person actually nitpicked the entire post. This person nitpicked the entire post so much that they made an even longer post than the post itself talking about just, I'll, I'll summarize it really quickly, how the mother is all trying to control over her son, get control over her son, undermine his independence. And then she also wants to make you feel like what you want doesn't matter, that you should feel the emotions she wants from you, and that she's being abusive, controlling, and not respecting you whatsoever. And yeah, I completely agree. Again, uh, this, this person says, again, this is her taking and keeping control over you. This is control over your body, your privacy, your decisions, and a denial of your basic decency and respect. Completely agree. Now, whoever wrote this post, Mermaid Mantra 1, you got to get out of this relationship. And I know, I know you dote on him. I know you're smitten. You've got a four-year relationship. But this, this should be a deal breaker for you, in my opinion. This mama's boy, if he doesn't get his act together, then, you know, it's time to leave. Okay, let's go to our second story. That one got me a little worked up. This is posted on the same subreddit by Lexi's Life 96 Am I the asshole for being upset my husband hasn't cut communication with his mom? Me, a 27-year-old female, and my husband, a 37 a 34-year-old male, excuse me, just got married in May. The wedding was the best day of our lives and the day we both have always dreamt of. We've been together for almost nine years and so our families have always been close. We've never had an issue until this past January, five months before the wedding. Here is some needed backstory. We were engaged over two years before we got married. During our engagement, I made it clear I really wanted our families involved in our wedding, but I would not be asking my SIL to be in our wedding party. Uh, what does SIL stand for? SIL stands for sister-in-law. No, son-in-law. Uh, no, sister-in-law. I think it'd be sister-in-law in this case because I don't think she has kids yet. Okay, she's made nasty remarks about how my husband and I and never includes us in family events and ignores us when we include her. And the cherry on top was when she and her family made some strange comments about race at a gathering one day. Uh-oh, that's not good. My mother-in-law was not happy with my decision, but I explained to her that I was not going to be comfortable or allow someone in our wedding who truly wasn't supportive of my husband or I. In January, I'd noticed a change in mother-in-law. She became extra cold and rude with me. I didn't think much of it, as she is just a cold person in general. But things started to become more obvious as the date got closer. She basically ignored me at my bridal shower. She forced her way into coming to my bachelorette party. She refused to participate in anything else wedding-related, and would go on to divide my friends and family with hers while we were still there 
and the worst came after our wedding. My mother-in-law decided a week after our wedding that she would sit me down and tell me how awful I've been to the family the last few months. Here were her main issues. One, I made the entire family uncomfortable, and I was petty and inconsiderate to not have my sister-in-law at the wedding. Two, she accused me of stealing from my bridal party. I paid for the girl's hair and asked them to pay for their makeup, which I felt awful about, but it was just truly out of my budget to cover for them. She said that she has never heard of needing to collect the money in advance and said I must have overcharged them because I wanted to take credit for paying for their hair without actually paying. When I told her about the racist comments from the sister-in-law, she gaslit me and said my family and I were actually the racist ones for looking at it that way. Three, she made me, she called me, excuse me, young and immature and said that my family and friends made her uncomfortable at my bachelorette party. No example was given as to how, it just was. When I told her, wow, you must think your son married a monster, she stayed quiet and shrugged her shoulders. I apologized for ever making her feel uncomfortable, but made sure she knew all of the above were proven false accusations. Her response? She called me defensive. I left crying. This would go on to ruin the beginning of my marriage. I felt uncomfortable around the family. I cried for weeks. Our honeymoon was about constant conversation of how I could po about how could I possibly bring my family around her ever again. When my husband confronted her, she said that she had no idea how she could have hurt me and would call to apologize. That phone call never came. Now months later, she pretends that it never happened, expects me to go on as if nothing happened, and has not once mentioned to me my husband's phone call with her or if we need to talk. My husband says this was his mom his whole life, and that is just how she is. Whilst he's upset with her, he has not changed communication with her and also acts like nothing has happened if she's around. Am I the asshole for being upset? that he has continued his relationship with her as if nothing happened? I'm torn between realizing that this is my husband's mom and to ask him to hold a grudge isn't healthy, or between standing my ground and being closed off, even if he isn't. I'm going to read the top comments. Again, I'm seeing a lot of similarity in these comments to the post of the story that I just read. The top comment is, I think your reply to, she's my mom and that's just the way she is, should be, well, I'm your wife and this is the way I am. Start as you mean to go on. You don't have to put up with a disrespect, animosity, and passive-aggressive BS. I would tell your husband plainly that you're not going to put up with it. Be in her presence only when absolutely necessary and be as coldly civil as you can. Never have her in your home and never visit her home. Another comment reads, what she wants most is control. Disallow it, but don't be a hypocrite. Your husband is too thoroughly conditioned to see what she is doing. He can choose whatever side of the relationship he likes with his own mother. Don't attempt to force him onto your side like your mother-in-law would. Choose that she is unwelcome in your life. Make this hard boundary exceptionally clear to your husband and do not waver. He might be t willing to tolerate her antics, but you bear no obligation to do so. We only get this one life. Don't waste your suffering 
on this fool or any other for that matter. Good luck. Agreed. And then this comment says, to your husband, this is normal. He's been conditioned for years. You have not, which is why it's so easy to see how whack your mother-in-law is. Honestly, I'd be engaging in a therapist for you and your husband. Agreed. And then this comment, last one. She's dragging you down to lift yourself up. It's a power move. She wants to be number one woman in your husband's life, and she pulled these stunts around your wedding celebrations to make you feel small and worried about making things up to her. That's why she'll keep doing that too. She's rocking the boat so that you never feel safe or stable. I would avoid her as much as possible. Agreed. Maybe just see her twice a year around Christmas and once around mid-year. Don't get involved in any phone calls or messaging with her. If she tries to contact you, just ignore it and tell your husband that his mother is trying to get in touch and that he should call her. Make her exclusively his problem to deal with. It's okay to have a distant relationship with your in-laws, and it's better than always worrying about how she is going to treat you. Don't sacrifice your happiness to prop up your husband's illusion of happy families. Wow, I really like that last line. Okay, this is story number three. Posted by electronic underscore power 130. Not invited to wedding. Hi everyone. My mother-in-law and sister-in-law for that matter are not invited to our wedding. Our wedding day should be filled with love, not malice. Thus, the decision to not invite them and block them on everything to preserve our peace. I know this is a right decision many of you also make. Even our wedding planner said she was proud of us for making the right call. She said she's seen couples invite unsupportive family to keep the peace, which ends up ruining their day and causing stress and anxiety. I honestly can't tell you how relieved I am to know that I get to enjoy marrying my fiancé without stressing about one of them objecting, spilling wine on my dress, or causing a scene. I'm also relieved knowing that he won't be stressed out about what they might do. A little recap. My fiancé put a boundary in place at the beginning of the year for mother-in-law to go to therapy. Mother-in-law did indeed go to therapy, but manipulated her therapist into thinking my fiancé is the abuser and that she is the victim. So it only reinforced her behavior. He was really hopeful that therapy would be eye-opening, but it made things worse. My therapist used an apology that clicked for us. Many people who have a court mandate to go to a class, they probably go, just to avoid more fines or jail time, but most probably don't do the work to change because it's hard. My mother-in-law went to therapy but didn't actually put any effort in to change or identify her own wrongdoing. Since then, my therapist has gathered that mother-in-law suffers from a mood disorder, bipolar disorder. Obviously, my therapist can't diagnose someone who's not her client, but based on everything she's seen, emails, texts, and everything she's heard, she said it's very likely. Fiancé and I went to a session together, and at this point, the only option for mother-in-law and fiancé to ever try to have a healthy relationship is by going to family counseling together, with mother-in-law actually putting in work to change. Reading books that speak on this has been equally eye-opening and heartbreaking. There are a lot of phrases that resonate, but for many of you who don't have a mother, who also have a mother-in-law that crawled up straight from hell, bipolar disorder makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of guilt tripping, I guess I'm just the worst mother, gaslighting, twisting reality, threats, and lies. 
It's irrational and erratic, often swinging from one extreme to the other, even within minutes. Fiancé has her had her unblocked for a short period of time, trying to gauge if she really changed from therapy. At times, it seemed like she had made efforts to change, but then she would go off the deep end, threatening lawsuits, guilt-tripping, lying, crying, and steamrolling over boundaries. The next day, after one of these episodes, she would send photos of butterflies and birds saying, This reminds me of you. Remember when you were seven and we went to Disneyland? Love, 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 love you to the moon and back a billion. XOXO mom. Then, same day, send a 12-page PDF with her thoughts on why he's a piece of crap and how abusive he is to her and his sister, followed by phone calls and even more threats. The cycle would repeat itself. He's tried not engaging and ignoring her until he got the millionth PDF and called her to air out all of his feelings. I'm sure you can imagine her reaction. Gaslighting, crying, etc., followed by another cycle of photos and niceties, which were all ignored. Fiancé is going back to therapy independently, but is also going to attempt family counseling with her next year. But, per, excuse me, per my therapist's recommendation, like I said previously, I think his inner child feels deep guilt. So many family members say, that's just how she is. She's only your mother. You just have to learn to live with it. And I think the only way he will be able to start processing that guilt is through his own therapy and through ev trying everything on his end to have a happy relationship, i.e. going to therapy with her. My question is, has anyone ever gone this route? What was the outcome? Did family therapy blow up in your face, or did it make a difference? The mother-in-law is willing to go to therapy, so that shouldn't be a factor. Here's the top comment that was posted to this post by shoutout1234. I agree that your mother-in-law and sister-in-law shouldn't be invited to the wedding for all the things you stated. The only issue I have in your post is about your therapist recommending family counseling with mother-in-law. I think that is very unwise. Mother-in-law doesn't want counseling. She believes she has done nothing wrong. Your fiancé forced her to go to therapy. The problem is she does not think she did anything wrong and therefore she is not the one who needs help. So she went to the therapist and did what she always does, lying and twisting the truth to make herself look the victim. You cannot force anyone into therapy who does not want to get help any more that you can force an alcoholic to stop drinking. The person has to recognize that they are the part of the problem and want to seek help. If your fiancé goes with his mother to family counseling, she will use the sessions to gain insight into your fiancé to use against him. She will lie and twist things so that the family therapist believes her. Family counseling only works when the person wants help to correct their own behavior and is honest. She doesn't want to correct her behaviors and she isn't honest. She wants you and fiancé to do what she commands. And then this other person says, it's generally not agreed to push an abuser into therapy for all of the reasons described above. She won't be going to benefit from therapy, she'll be going because in her mind, that's the price of admission back into her lives. This other person says, I tried to help someone with the same problem and they did the same thing. It was a practice in futility and quite frustrating. Ultimately, in the end, the professional told me that and the person that they can't be helped unless they want to be helped. If they don't do anything, then nothing will change. 
I can tell you I see parallels between your mother-in-law and the person I was trying to help. In the end, that person to this day is the same person. Misery follows the person to whoever they come in contact with. I've come to a conclusion about people with mental illnesses. Because they don't think they've done anything wrong, all the havoc they cause affects anyone they come into contact with. I'm sure people may not like that, but that is my experience. That's some heavy, heavy stuff right there. Let's move on to our fourth story. My mother-in-law hasn't spoken to us in two and a half years. This was posted by Ashley1980L. My mother-in-law hasn't spoken to us in two and a half years. We can't pinpoint what made her do this, but we had a fight with her for parenting my stepson, a 24-year-old man, and telling him it's okay to drop out of college during COVID because he didn't like online learning when it took us a year plus to build his confidence to go. We feel like he needs to buckle up and get a degree. She has taken such an involvement with the kids because my husband lived with them when the kids were young as his wife left him. She doesn't talk to my husband about anything regarding the kids. She just makes decisions and talks to kids without talking with my husband. Since we got married during COVID at a town hall and didn't have a wedding, we feel she is also angry. We just did a catered dinner at home for us too. We are older and just didn't have an interest in a wedding. My husband's parents never sent us a gift or a card. And they've since just stopped sending birthday cards and calling and etc. She seems to be trying to rally other family against us, but she is the one that has to be in control over my husband's kids. What do we do? To clarify, we did not have a wedding. It wasn't that she didn't get involved. No one was there except my husband and myself. We eloped. Number two, the mother and I were close until we eloped. Number three, the older son we had many conversations about what he wanted to do. He liked cooking, so we pushed culinary school. Apparently, before me, he was in college and dropped out without telling anyone, and his dad was still paying. He just stopped going. He works at a grocery store currently. Four, the older son is kind of a deadbeat. Wasn't working and living at grandparents for a couple years. Grandparents even let his girlfriend live, who also didn't work and dropped out of college. My husband tried so many times to talk to his mom and ask that she talk with him before making all of these decisions. And she always was just doing it on her own. Mm. And number five, the mother-in-law invited her son's ex-wife, who didn't have custody of kids when they were young, never paid for anything beyond having kids on her health insurance. In fact, never went to the kids' doctor appointments, school meetings, and cut off the younger son at 14 years old and stopped his health insurance. This top comment says, Your stepson is not a child anymore, I'm afraid. At 24, he could and did take advice from others on whether to continue his studies through the COVID upheavals. That's not parenting by her. It's treating him as the adult he is. For the rest, though, it seems like she is doing you a favor. She and you don't seem to get along for whatever reason, and so this is for the best. The silence must be blissful. The second person also echoes the first comment by saying, Celebrate that she is not talking to you and you and DH work on minimizing her involvement with the kids' lives. She sounds controlling and is used to being in charge because your DH didn't set boundaries early. He needs to do it now if her influence can't be completely 
gotten rid of. What does DH stand for? Something husband, right? Oh, dear husband. It's commonly used by women on certain forums to refer to their husbands. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. And this is number three. Uh, you said you didn't involve her in your wedding. While well, completely your choice not to, you do exclude her, and she may have taken that as a sign to remove herself from your life. As for parenting your stepkids, they and your husband lived with her. It's most likely she had previously been doing this, and it's normal for her, and is suddenly being taken away. Can you be sure your husband didn't allow her to parent his children prior to you? And what does your son-in-law want? From this, it sounds like he wasn't happy with the style of learning, and his grandparent had that conversation with him for his own sake, while yourself and your partner wanted to do what you want and get a degree. Most of the time, I tend to agree that the mother-in-law is the problem, but there isn't near enough information here to say that. And from what is said... The clear what to do is to simply ask her why she has no contact. In this group, there's constant pushing for no contact with the in-laws, and a lot is justified, but that also means that we have to accept that in-laws can choose no contact themselves too. And if the children are legally adults, they can choose who they take advice from or who they have in their life at all. Exactly. The stepchildren are adults, and if they want to also include the OP, the writer, author of this post, then that's completely in their rights to do so. I think by not having this involvement with the author, I think that might be a decision also on the stepkids' behalf. Okay. Let's move on to our fifth and final story. Am I the asshole for not wanting the in-laws to move closer? This was posted by the Waffle Wizard. Me... 29, and my husband, 32, have been together for eight years, and he has done a, he has a somewhat obsessive stepmom. His stepmom doesn't have any biological children because my FIL had a vasectomy. What does FIL, oh, father-in-law, father-in-law. His stepmom has been in his life since he was nine. His biological mom had custody of him, and he would visit his dad during summers, and then he went and lived with his dad during high school until he graduated. When me and my husband started dating, his stepmom was judgmental and mean to me right off the bat. She started judging me before she even knew me. She saw my pictures on Facebook and told my husband it looks like I party and sleep around because I have piercings. Really? What the heck? Because you have piercings? Uh, in brackets here, I just want to say I am not a pe preppy type of woman. I am more of a goth style type and his stepmom is high maintenance and likes expensive shit. <laughs> End quote. My husband gave me a promise ring a few months after dating, and she said, well, they must have done the deed, he gave her a ring. Then she also said, it's not a real ring, sweetie. Oh my god. Like, who says that? Exactly. Who says that, man? We moved eight hours away from my family's so he could be closer with his dad, and that's where the obsessiveness started happening. She would ask me if I was on birth control and how many sexual partners have I had. She would also ask what feminine products do I use to clean my own private areas. And she told me to douche after we have sex. For the male viewers who don't know what that is, that's a device that is used to kind of spray the, the private areas of a female to kind of clean it out. But I've actually heard a lot of research saying that douching, douching is not very helpful and actually prevents a health risk for bacterial infection. But I'm not sure 
how right that is, but that is what I heard. Anyways, anyways, back to the back to the story. I have good hygiene, so I don't know why she would ask those questions. Throughout her stay with them, she would make comments saying, "I'm sure my son is blessed like his father." She was talking about his penis. What the heck? I once caught his stepmom talking to her mom, saying that she taught my husband to do better than me. She actually knew I could hear her because we made eye contact after. Me and my husband decided to move back close to my family when his stepmom found out. She called my father and told him she didn't approve of me dating her "quote unquote" son. Four years later, we got married and didn't invite his dad and stepmom to the wedding, and they were upset because we didn't tell them. Seven months after our wedding, we found out I was pregnant, and I figured I would try to have a relationship with his dad and stepmom again. So we video called them to tell them our exciting news. When we told them, his stepmom started crying and said, "I knew she was pregnant for a while. I could feel it. I didn't know how to take what she said, so I just disregarded it." When our daughter was seven months old, his dad and stepmom came down for a visit, and it was my first time seeing them in five years. His stepmom kept wanting to hold and feed my daughter and take pictures with her, and it made me feel weird because I couldn't trust her. How can I trust someone with my daughter who doesn't even like me? During their visit, we went to the beach, and she was sitting beside me, and I caught a glimpse of her on her phone, Amazon shopping, and she was adding baby stuff to her cart, stuff like a car seat, a stroller, baby clothes, and toys. I know it wasn't stuff for me and my husband because we had everything we need. Then after that visit, they didn't come back for another year. The second visit was when his dad and stepmom came. Was when my daughter was turning two, and it was Christmas time. We told them not to get our daughter a lot for Christmas because other family members were buying her stuff too, and we didn't want many toys. Well, when they showed up, they had over twenty presents for her, which is very extreme. Yeah, yeah, no shit, it's very extreme. Oh my gosh, my parents. Only got our daughter three or four things, and I felt like they got twenty things to show off. After that visit, a few months later, his stepmom called me, and was asking about moving down where we are and what areas are good to live in, and I told her some good areas. I also told her there's going to be boundaries if they moved here. The boundaries I told her weren't anything major. I just told her no showing up uninvited and not to expect us to hang out every weekend. She seemed okay with it when we hung up. Then. Two hours later, when my husband got home from work, she called him and had an attitude, and she said, "What does your wife mean by these boundaries?" She always refers to me as your wife to my husband, and it is like she doesn't even know my name. My husband hung up the phone quickly because he didn't know how to handle the situation. I told my husband that I didn't feel comfortable with them moving here if she can't respect our boundaries, and I told him that I don't feel comfortable with his stepmom being alone with our daughter. And that she's not allowed to babysit if they moved here. She ended up calling them and telling them how I felt. And his stepmom started to say something mean, but my father-in-law stopped her. That conversation happened five months ago, and nothing has happened since then. Sorry for the novel. I just want to get every detail in that I can. And the edit was they added something. I want him to have a relationship with his dad, and I would feel bad if he cut him out of his life. And something were to happen to his dad. Also, his biological mom is amazing, and I have a good relationship with her. Okay, I'm gonna read some top comments, and then I'll close the pot. I'll end the podcast. 
At the top comment says, I don't know why you even dealt with her after all of her weird shit when y'all were dating. You knew she didn't like you. Y'all have to stop trying to give people chances when your instincts tell you to be wary with them. Okay, everyone, that's all the stories I had for today. I am still figuring out the kind of setup that I want for the podcast. I'm reading the stories, right? And some of the stories have some grammatical errors, and I try to fix them when I read them, but I don't fix everything, and so therefore sometimes I'll, you know, I'll stutter and I'll go back and re-read the sentence. And I also don't know if I want to include a lot of the comments. A lot of the comments are well written out, but they also have grammatical errors. And so I'm not sure if I want to include those, more of those, less of those, kind of speak my own opinions. We'll, we'll, we'll work it out. Also, this is episode three, right? I'm planning to have a couple special guests on for episode five, two of my good friends. And we'll probably read a bunch of Am I the Assholes? And we will uh, give our own little opinions on those. So stick, stay tuned for that. And I really hope you guys enjoyed the stories from today. And I hope to catch you guys all in the next one. All right, bye-bye.